Welcome to Community Pulse from Environmental Design Group, highlighting the transformations happening in our communities and celebrating the leaders making them happen. Tammy Naguki, her EDG co-host and their special guest, reveal insights that are driving our communities forward, right now on Community Pulse. Hello and welcome to the EDG Community Pulse podcast. My name is Tammy Naguki and I'm with Environmental Design Group, joined today by my co-host Ed Lazowski, also with Environmental Design Group, and our special guest today, Dan Meglin, City Engineer, City of Canton. Welcome, everybody. Hello. Thank you for having me, Tammy. It's great to have you both here today. Um, just a quick introduction for new Dan. Dan has been a the city of Canton city engineer for over 16 years with significant experience in large-scale multidisciplinary and infrastructure projects. As city engineer, he is responsible for 24 employees, a $5.2 million annual operating budget, and a $10 to $15 million annual capital construction program. The engineering department is organized into the divisions of civil, traffic, signal and lighting, site and pavement marking, and urban forestry. Dan received his civil engineering and building construction management degrees from Michigan State University and resides in Canton, Ohio. He has an amazing wife and three grown children and loves spending time on their family farm where they make maple syrup and grow Christmas trees. Fascinating, Dan. Well, it's uh, I've had a good life so far, and it's getting better every day. Well, welcome to Community Pulse. We're very happy to have you here as our guest today. I have a couple questions for you. One, did you get your Christmas lights down? Oh, no. Oh, no. no. It's uh, My Christmas lights, it takes takes probably about a month to get them all up and even not quite as long to take them down. So, well, I know the last time you and I were driving around looking at projects, we, we buzzed by your your house and it's pretty amazing, you know, almost like a full-size nativity scene with, you know, five-foot-tall people. And, so you and get, that, the only thing we're missing sure. is a live donkey, you know, walking around the That's front right. yard. You get a lot of traffic then by your house. We get a little bit of traffic, yeah. It's, it's actually kind of rewarding when you see people slow down and every now and again if I'm out getting the mail or something, uh, somebody will roll down a window and say, hey, we really appreciate it. Nice job. And yeah. that, that kind of makes it all worthwhile. We it's, notice it's, it's very beautiful. Yeah. There's lots of uh, Facebook pages out there around the holidays letting people know about which addresses to go stop by. And you're probably, right. you're probably on several Facebook pages. I don't know about that. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, go quite that far. It's, you know, it's good sized. We don't have the, the animated and the to music type of things that you you see in some. You but didn't go next level. Yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've thought about that, and I spend enough time and enough money. Our, our electric right. bill triples during this time of year. So I think that's enough for the moment. <laughs> so my, my second question is, how much time do you have between taking down the lights and then starting the maple syrup making? About a month. a month. So the goal is to get the lights down. We usually finish up. I, I turn the, the lights off the last day is my wife and I, our anniversary is January 7th. So well, happy that, anniversary. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you. So it worked out well. Uh, in, in the Catholic Church, the Feast of the Epiphany is usually right around 5th, 6th, 7th. And I was too cheap to buy flowers for a <laughs> wedding. So the the <laughs> priest agreed to leave the leave the decorations, Christmas decorations <laughs> up. So thus, that was a good time of year to have a wedding as far as I was concerned. But in any case, uh, after our anniversary, I shut the lights off and then start taking them down as you okay. know time allows. So then between there and maple season, 
Usually maple season, I, I uh, start looking at the weather pretty carefully the end of February, generally around President's Day, yeah. uh, the middle of February is when I'll tap the trees. Okay. So I got about a, a month window here. I got to get them down and put away, <laughs> and then it's on to the next season for me. Yeah. Somebody's got to keep you busy then, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, start us off today, Dan, um, by giving us a little bit of a background about your role with the city of Canton and how you got there and really what you love most about your career. Sure. Well, uh, my role city is Canton, as you mentioned. Uh, we have a large capital program, uh, the engineering department, and, uh, you know, it's an uh, oversimplified version of it. We build stuff. And uh, so that's what we get involved with. In terms of kind of what we get involved with, we'll build everything from we run the annual paving program, we uh, deal with storm sewer projects, sanitary sewer projects, um, full road reconstruction, safety projects, traffic signals, lighting, uh, pavement markings, uh, all those types of things. Bike trails, we do a little dabble in the, the park end of things and the environmental side of things. Uh, which is one of the ways I got to know you folks at EDG is by doing some of those projects. Um, you know, in terms of bike trails, we have uh, bike trails and on-road system. It's kind of what we refer to as active transportation system. You know, it's not just uh, considered recreational. But uh, so those, those are a wide breadth of things. But then in addition to that, what you'd think of traditional engineering type things, we have our uh, or urban forestry side of things. We have an arborist in our department that manages all our all our tree plantings with capital projects, but then maintains trees throughout the the right of way. Make sure we don't have trees falling on uh, on the pavements and those types of things. And coordinates a lot with the utility companies and so forth. And yeah, so we get in a lot of everything. You know, then then you go into the like the economic development side of things. You know, a lot of times the the first stop for some potential developers or businesses, what utilities and what access do we have? Right. So we get to see some of those folks pretty uh, pretty closely uh, and work with them throughout the project. So get into a little bit of everything. I was gonna say it sounds like you've got your hand in just about every department around the city, right? Well, yeah, some some uh, appreciate that, some not so much. <laughs> But yeah, so we, we get involved with a lot of different topics. I like to think of engineering as really just problem solvers. Right. And and not pigeonhole ourselves into just this or just that. And if we can help come up with a solution, that's kind of our philosophy. It doesn't matter if it's one of our really core responsibilities right. or if we can help somebody else be successful, whether it's a different department, an outside entity or whatever, whatever we got to do to make the city better. So when uh, when a department start calls you and has a problem for you to solve, which one do you want to hear from? Which departments are your favorite to work with? Oh, well, I got to be honest. I'm I'm a little partial to the park side of things. I kind of get a yeah. kick out of the environmental and the parks and outdoors. Yeah, you know, outdoors yeah. and uh, you know whether we can help out with a trail or a drainage issue or kind of restoring some, you know, property and back into parkland and nature preserve type thing. So I, I get a real kick out of working with uh, with the park folks. Pretty cool. Yeah, I can attest to that because uh, normally we'll go look at a project and then we'll have to take a couple of detours. We go past this park, we go past this bridge, <laughs> or, you know, and to, to look at all the things. Route. Yeah, and it, it's pretty amazing that the work that you've done in the city of Canton during your, your tenure here. 
uh, with the parks. And, and I could tell they're one of your favorites because they're very beautiful places to be. Sure, so. sure. And we're lucky in Canton. I mean, I, uh, the, the amount of work that I've done is just a snippet of all the great things that not just engineering, but all the departments have done and yeah. in the wonderful infrastructure and park system we inherited from the people that started the city. So yeah. yeah, we're pretty lucky to be able to be stewards of it for this little period of time. A lot of great spaces out there for sure. Yeah. You lead a team of 20 plus, probably 24 staff members. Tell our audience about your style of leadership and how you see yourself as an influence in the lives of so many others. Sure. Well, that's a great question. Um, and this kind of gets back to a little bit of what Tammy just asked, and I guess I didn't fully answer her question, but what brought me to Canton. And uh, so I've, I started off with a consulting engineering firm out of college and really focused on bridges, bridge inspection, bridge design, bridge construction, that type of thing. And from there, I had an opportunity to go to, uh, it was actually the Richland County Engineer's Office and started to really diversify my experience. From there, I went to Summit County Engineer's Office and grew even more. Then I went to the Ohio Department of Transportation, worked at uh, ODOT District 11 for a while as planning administrator before the opportunity came uh, back up to work in my hometown and go back home. So, but that's what got me there. But the the point I, I wanted to make is when I had my interview with ODOT, they asked me a really interesting question that stuck. And it, it's, um, it, it still sticks in my mind. They said, what's the difference between management and leadership in your mind? And I, you know, it caught me a little bit off guard. <laughs> and, you know, I obviously gave some reasonable answer because they hired me. But I've been able to kind of refine that response a little bit. Uh, and think about that in my future career. And I've tried to take the answer to that forward into my current position with the city of Canton. And to me, if when you talk about leadership versus management, management to me is almost watching statistics and, you know, day-to-day -day stuff, making sure the wheels are turning. And that's a very important thing. Leadership is more about inspiring people to believe in a concept, in a in a a goal, in gathering ideas from people. You know, because we should all recognize, and I certainly do. I don't have all the best ideas, but I'm surrounded by 23, 24 other folks that are really sharp people, and I want them to be smarter than me. Right. And so we can collect all those ideas and bring them together, and gel them into a you know, and then a single vision and then push forward. And to be able to sell that vision that we collectively come up with, and sometimes it's not just engineering, it's other departments, it's, you know, outside entities, but to be able to provide that leadership to push that vision forward, to me, that's, that's the style that I really want to try and implement and have tried to implement in our department that it's not necessarily a top-down type thing, but let's get the best ideas of everybody, bring them forward. And some days I might have an idea, some days somebody else might have an idea. But you can, even there, you can all have good ideas, but 99% of a good idea is being able to sell it to make it, bring it to fruition. And to me, that's where leadership is. And that's kind of my style is to work with the folks and try and build the team to, to bring those things to life. Yeah, I think we found that 
you know, a lot of people that we interview on this podcast are in leadership roles and um, they don't get there by accident. You know, they, they right. talk about the same things that you're talking about is putting your people first and letting them drive the bus and really just being there to support them and through all of that. So sure, obviously you've been there as long as you have because of your leadership style. What are some of the um, key initiatives that you're planning for 2022 and beyond? Well, 2022, we, we've got uh, quite a few projects. You know, it's it's kind of back to projects to an extent. We have one that's really cool. It's it's about a three three and a half million dollar project. It's a Colonial Boulevard uh, reconstruction project, and it's it's roadway, it's infrastructure, it's water lines, sewer lines, the whole nine yards. But the real impetus behind it is uh, we're taking an existing boulevard that's about 20 feet wide, and we're widening it out and putting a bike trail down the middle of it. And we're kind of meandering it back and forth. And actually, EDG was part of that first uh, original concept, that the design that we put this together on. So awesome. we're bringing one of your projects to life it. this year. The vision's coming together. Just give yeah. me something yeah. to photograph. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. So so that's that's probably our biggest construction project for the year to get that kicked off. And uh, we're really excited about it because part of that active transportation program is to connect. You know, we have we have a lot of missing pieces at the moment, but this will be the start of one connection of it. And we're really excited. It, it ties in a lot of area and brings it together. Yeah. So that's a big one. We have a couple other smaller ones. Obviously, our annual paving program is always a big deal because at the end of the day, people don't like potholes. So we're getting better and, and uh, able to do more thanks to our administration and our council, yeah. you know, that they've provided the financial support to do that. Um, and as part of that, we, we incorporate all the ADA upgrades, and that's, that's an exciting thing too. And that's become – that wasn't always the case at the city. You know, we always – when we did major yeah. capital projects, we always did ADA ramps and accessibility issues. But it wasn't necessarily part of the paving contract. So mm. now we've been doing that for about the last three years or so and really making a difference there. So that one just gets me excited every year because we're providing accessibility and we're getting rid of uh, potholes and improving the city. So It's really a small group of people that really gets excited about those orange barrels. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So. Uh, yeah, we have a few other ones. You know, there's some big sanitary projects and some big storm sewer projects where we're rebuilding some, you know, full roadways yeah. and being able to put some finishing touches on things. And, of course, we, we try and dress them up and put in some trees in the tree lawns and make them a complete project. So a lot of that good stuff going on. One of the other exciting ones, uh, and we've been working on this the last couple of years, and this is a collective thing. It's not just engineering, but most all our service departments is implementing an asset management system that really helps us manage what we have yeah. and get a better handle on what we have. Especially as you're growing. Yeah, 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 definitely. It's it's. I always tell people it's easy to build stuff. It's a whole different issue to take care of it, keep track, keep of, it. It, keep yeah. track of it, keep <laughs> it in good condition. So, so we started rolling that out last fall, and uh, we want to bring that to the next level and try and bring another set of inventory onto that that level. So. A lot of big work planned for the year, so yeah, you're, you're, you really lit up when you were talking about that bike trail. So I, I think that probably ties in with what you're saying about parks. <laughs> sure, right? yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Yep. And, and not only are you making things better and and uh, more livable, but you're also 
getting into safety studies and you're actually fixing a couple intersections, problem intersections that, that for safety wise. So you're really starting to look out for the community and, and trying to make it safer for them as well. Yeah. Good point. Good point. We have, uh, you know, we do have some streetscape projects, which will tie some of those things in. Those will be under construction down Market Avenue. Anytime you can really do an enhancement downtown, that always dresses things up. So we have a couple of those projects going on that will improve some intersections. And the whole road diet thing, you know, we're doing that. And our Market Avenue South, which is, you know, one of the main, it's the main Mm -hmm. north-south corridor in and out of the city. Uh, When you come in from the south side of the city, most people will get off of US 30, you know, kind of an interstate look-alike. And they'll they'll head into the town from there. And to be honest, it's not a it's not a great first impression. Mm-hmm. And so we we get to start to change that with this project. We we actually market. We've kind of have really four phases of it going. Last year we did a segment uh, in front of our uh, hotel down mm-hmm. there, which is purchased by the Hall of Fame Village, and is they remodeled and upgraded, and yeah. you know that looks really good. And uh, you know, so in fact, you guys are doing that, doing those designs, right? You know, so uh, this year we're going to be, we completed phase one of that. This year we have under contract phase two, plan to get phase three uh, under contract and under construction by the end of the year, and then uh, phase four we refer to as the 11th Street project. Mm-hmm. That's a complete separate one that includes roundabouts and intersection improvements and bike trails and you know the whole all the bells and whistles decorative lights trees the whole thing that'll go next year so that's going to completely change your first impression as you get into town yeah wow that's exciting yeah kind of set the table for redevelopment of some of that area so a lot of great projects exciting things another one that i think is pretty cool you have a double dog bone roundabout going in Right, yeah. right. That's that's probably that's part of the Colonial Boulevard project. So, Colonial Boulevard in, in one location, the the boulevard has a neat meander to it. It's uh, you know looks like a sine wave, you know, and then there's at one point there's a pretty large north south corridor that intersects it, but they intersect at a, a bad skew. So, um, number one, the that main north south road uh, people use it as a cut through so there's it's not a four-way stop it's a two-way stop people have to they they really fly up and down there so it's not a good situation doesn't warrant the four-way stop doesn't warrant a signal so we we really struggled with how to fix that Mm -hmm. or address that try and slow people down make it a a more neighborhood because it is in the middle of a neighborhood yeah so we have two Back-to-back mini roundabouts, they, they kind of look like a dog bone. So how um, does that, how close are they then? Does it really look like, I wish we had a visual here where you could show yeah, their audience. Yeah, it really does. It's, uh, the the boulevard right now is only a, you know, 20-foot median between the boulevard. Yeah. So I think we're widening it out at the intersection, but, you know, maybe 50 feet between hmm. the center, you know, of each circle. Wow, that's so, cool. Yeah. So those will be That's our cool. first mini roundabouts. And, yeah. you know, I kind of go with, uh, you know, if you're going to do it, do it big. <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah. we're going to do it. Instead of just doing a single mini roundabout, we'll, we'll put two of them <laughs> in and see how that works. So Love it. That's great. Yeah. So uh, can you tell our audience what you value about the Canton community and the work you're doing to impact that community? 
Wow. Well, that's a that's a big one, and I, and I think what it probably comes back to is Canton's my home, you know, and it doesn't matter it. it any time I'm working there, it always seems that I bump into somebody I know, uh, or my parents know, or a friend of a friend. It's, you know, it's a large city. We have seventy thousand people there, but it it doesn't matter. It always seems to be that somebody knows somebody, and it feels like you're making a difference to to your friends and the community. And you know, whereas some of the other my past work, you're a little bit. Uh, step back from the day-to-day goings-on in the community. Mm-hmm. With with this role that I'm in and uh, Canton itself, it has that small community feel with, with some big community assets. And to be able to be a part of that really makes it, makes it rewarding. And that's, that's kind of the whole public service type concept too. You're, you're giving back and, you know, could I make more money going into the private sector? I don't know. You guys can tell me. But <laughs> but this is very rewarding, and, and it feels like you're making community better. So that public service type of thing is really what I like. And, you know, Canton's a great place to do it because it's my hometown. I think that's how we feel about yeah. our jobs, too. I mean, it's part of our it's part of our branding is being that community impact people. Right. And they're really, you're right. There's really nothing quite like seeing the impact you have on a community. And fortunately sure. for us, we get to do that in several communities. So absolutely multiply that out. It's nice. Yeah. And, and one of the other nice things, and, you know, we all have to look out for dollars and be mm-hmm. good stewards of right. it, whether you're public or private. But occasionally we can get, you know, be a little bit more uh, generous. And, you know, when we do a, a project, plant some trees, dress it up right. a little bit, take it to the next level and really make the difference between a good project and a great project. Right. You know, so Absolutely. that's something that we can do at the the local level. And I know you guys certainly endorse and, and encourage that type of thing. Yeah. But, you know, we're the ones that get to bring it to life in a lot of cases. That's so. great to see. Yeah. Thank you. As you reflect on your career, Dan, um, and the service you've had to date, what are those accomplishments that you're most proud of? Well, when I, I ponder that, you know, I'm, I'm a storyteller. So I, I go back to the story that our former HR director at the city, Ken, she told me she retired. She was there a few years before I got there, but uh, she was there when I started. And when she left, she says, Dan, don't forget, projects don't make you successful. People make you successful. And, and again, I have been lucky to work around a lot of really, really insightful people. So I've kind of pondered that over the years and taken that to heart. And it, it gets back to that discussion of leadership that we had earlier. In my mind, the thing that has made us successful and that I'm most proud of in the city is that we've taken a department that was a good department and had a lot of good people, but I think we've built it from good to great. And we built a team uh, in our department that we work together seamlessly. And, and we really have made a difference in the city of Canton. So to me, building that department, and, and when I started, it actually was two different departments. We had a traffic engineering department, a civil engineering department, and merging those two you know, into one cohesive unit, get everybody working on the same page. 
you know, that was just functionally a little bit of a hurdle to start with. But then to get every, you know, I think we're, we're, you know, running on all eight cylinders now. Mm -hmm. So, and that really makes me proud, you know, so the people side of it. Now, now I'm also pretty partial to some of the projects too. So, um, you know, we've had some projects as I reflect back, you know, again, back to the, the parks, the active transportation side of it. Uh, when I started, we had some short sections of disjointed trail and so forth, but really not a, a concept or a large uh, bike infrastructure, active transportation. It just wasn't thought about in that concept. Mm -hmm. So uh, we've put a plan together with the help of EDG and some other folks. We The goal is to have, when it's all said and done, somewhere around 53 miles worth of bike, pedestrian, infrastructure, active transportation system that some places is trails, some places it's on-road, off-road, you know, all different configurations. But at this point, we're about 31 miles complete wow. of the 53. Wow. So that's something that, good. you know, didn't exist, right. you know, really. And now now we tie that all together. And, yeah. You know, of course, there's some other major corridors like, you know, 12th Street, Mahoning Road, um, you know, that we've, we've built, uh, we have some other big ones on the horizon with, uh, West Tuscarawa street and some other big ones that, that we have in the hopper that we're really yeah. cleaning up downtown, you know, with all the streetscape working together with, with, the uh, you know, the vertical folks and the, the property side of things, really bringing downtown back to life. Yeah, and, that's great. Uh, yeah, a lot of good stuff. And it's kind of a – I mean, it is a destination for us in Northeast Ohio. I mean, we're out there. I've got kids that play sports, so we're out there all the time sure. on the weekends and really getting to see that downtown area come to life and yeah. give us parents something else to do besides sit on the sidelines. It's kind of right, nice, too. Right, right. Yeah. And that's that's, good to see. that's one of the neat things. You know, obviously, everybody's heard about the Hall of Fame Village. And, right, right. You know, the AKA Disneyland of football. Right. And, uh, you know, that's – that's been in the works for several years now, but now this this past year we're really seeing it take shape. Mm -hmm. First, it was the stadium, then the youth fields, and now we're seeing the whole expansion of right. of retail and water park and you know business offices, health, you know the whole whole enchilada, and to see that finally come into fruition is very exciting. But I still tell people. You know, if you want to learn about football, you, you can see part of that at the Hall of Fame Village and the Hall right. of Fame Museum. But to see the other part of it, you really got to go downtown, mm -hmm. you know, to see the arts and culture right. and, and what fostered that. You know, why did Canton get the Hall of Fame? Right. Well, it's because the NFL started in downtown Canton. And, you know, we were a vibrant community back in the early 1900s. You know, with, you know, on the heels of President McKinley and a lot of good things, we had some pretty, pretty good initiatives in the That's city. That's a really cool story. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's like every book. You got to look at both covers. Mm -hmm. You got to, you got to see downtown. You got to see, see the, not just the village and the museum, but you got to come downtown and yeah. see the Palace Theater or yeah. some of the other art you know, facilities and so yeah. forth. So, yeah, some really exciting stuff to be part of in Canton. Yeah. 
going back to projects, I don't know if our audience or most people know this about us fellow engineers, is that we build something, it's there like 100 years, right? Right. And every time we're driving down the road, we're pointing out to our kids, yeah. that's my bridge, you know? <laughs> or I put an underground detention system here, or yeah. that's the park that I designed, right? And, right? and our families get like, they're like, yeah, Dad, we know that's your bridge. You know, mm-hmm. they roll their eyes and, and they got their earphones in, they're looking out the window. Yeah, I know, we're going underneath your bridge, you know? So, and I'm sure you do the same as well because that's, uh, you know, you do that with me when we go out. You know? Oh, absolutely. So, and absolutely. It, and it, it's, it's that, cool. that pride, that personal stake in right, it. Yeah. And yeah, you know, of course, of course, we're of Italian descent, so ours, ours will last a thousand years. Exactly. You know, exactly. hopefully. <laughs> and, and our grandmother's, that's Italian. Yeah, that, yeah, absolutely. He's Italian. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, so. get that, right. Yeah, but but having that pride in your work, and, and that's that's kind of back to one of the things that it's not just you and me, but it's everybody in our department. You know, this right. is something that we're we're making changes here. We're making a difference to, you know, take pride in this. Right. And it doesn't matter if it's putting a pavement marking on the ground, planting a tree, or building the major project. Everybody's gotten a role in that, and everybody should be proud of what we're accomplishing. So um, taking a look in uh, your crystal ball, what vision do you have for the city of Canton, and what are your hopes and dreams for the community? Well, that's a that's a big one. You guys are throwing some pretty pretty big questions at me here, but I guess in in terms of my crystal ball, you know, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll maybe tick off a couple things that were were over the hump in terms of our active transportation system. We're at thirty one miles. We want to get to fifty three or thereabouts. I want to try and push that to the the finish line. Um, one of the things we did this past year, and in, in kind of in preparation for maybe some of the big federal money that will come out, yeah. is put together really a long-term transportation plan, you know, what projects we'd like to do. So we've listed a lot of projects on that. And I mentioned some earlier, West Tusk, yeah. or Cleveland Avenue, which is where we have the Hall of Fame parade. You know, just re, re-envisioning that, Market Avenue. So I really want to try and make a dent in that list before I retire and, and see some of those and, and tie downtown to the hall of fame village and create some of that connectivity there so that it's, it's not just one or the other, it's both. Right. Um, so seeing some of those things, seeing some of the back to the park side of things, the, the natural resources, we have two major stream corridors in the city, the west branch of the Nemeshillan and the middle branch of the Nemeshillan. And the west branch was really protected with a series of parks uh, back when the city was founded. You know, and through there you see, you know, that's where the Hall of Fame yeah. village is. You know, then stadium is part of Stadium Park and then Monument Park, where President McKinley's monument is, right. waterworks, and so forth. That whole corridor is really, you know, preserved mm-hmm. in, in terms of parkland. But we don't have that on along the east side of town, in uh, along the middle branch so much. So even right now, we have an effort underway to try and capture some of those properties and uh, restore floodplains and you know, more of a natural area. The parks on the west side are a little more of a, a formal setting and, you know, which is a good thing, but do more of a natural type setting yeah. along the east side. I think that's something that will live on and 
create kind of the, a nice legacy. And a lot of that ties into our comprehensive plan. Uh, the city did an updated comprehensive plan in 2016, and I was lucky enough to participate in that. And that really brought out several of those concepts through that whole development process. You know, because much like some of the other cities, Canton isn't as big as it once was. And, and so in a lot of ways, we need to right-size you know, our infrastructure, right size, right. you know, our facilities and our housing and everything else to meet the demands. So, and then also to re-envision and get some, you know, fresh enthusiasm and fresh blood and fresh housing stock and, you know, take advantage of the cultural centers, you know, and arts and, you know, those types of things. So, so I can see that process and the outcome of our comprehensive plan being developed and in, in really taken uh, to the full extent. And a lot of the things that we do in engineering tie directly into that. So Kind of tying it all together, I'm yeah, 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 that connective tissue. Yeah. You know, so you got a project here, you got a project there, but let's tie them together. And, right. you know, that's, that's where it really, the vision starts to come mm. together, so. Nice. Um, as the speed of business continues to get faster and faster... Organizations are continuing to evolve and change, and we've seen that on uh, a daily basis where we are. And what is it you're doing then to lead the change in the city of Canton? Any secrets there? Well, I don't know if it's a secret, but I, I think the one thing I've noticed related to that, people in general are becoming more impatient. Yeah. You know, yeah. we all have our cell phones. We all expect essentially instant gratification. And... You know, in the engineering world, in the the project construction world, you know, we don't necessarily talk in terms of days. We talk in terms of years. Right. By the time you put designs and environmental documents and right-of-way acquisition and funding packages and, you know, actually build things. So when we talk about some of these major projects, you know, it, it you know, from day one to cutting the ribbon, it might be 10 years. Right. And so that takes some time and it takes patience. And that's not necessarily directly in line with the impatient society we live in. So how do we bridge that gap? Mm -hmm. You know, because with our, with our department, I try and instill a sense of urgency on things, but not a sense of emergency, you know, unless it's like truly that. an emergency. And we don't get too many of those. You yeah. Know, the occasional sinkhole, you know, the occasional stop sign down, the occasional traffic signal. But for the most part, we don't deal with too many emergencies. But there is a difference between emergency and urgency. So the things we're trying to do to emphasize the urgency of doing things and also help bridge the gap between the impatience that people generally have today. And we've done a lot of this stuff citywide. It's that asset management. We've had, uh, for a couple of years, we have a program people can get on their cell phones, take a picture of a pothole, hit send, <laughs> and it goes right to the proper department or into the queue and, and gets fixed in a relatively short period of time. Um, but sometimes being able to track all those, because you do right. get inundated. 
Especially you know, just about three weeks from now, right? Oh, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Now, now, I use pothole as an example. Thank goodness the street department and our public works department actually handles those, so I don't have to deal yeah. with potholes. But they get referred to us because, you know, when there's potholes lining a particular road, then it rolls over into the uh, request for paving the whole road. So, but in any case, we have that program that's kind of existed and has allowed people to develop that sense of, you know, immediate gratification. But then how do we take that and move it forward to actually get the work done and manage all those resources? So what we've done this past year is we have that online kind of access point for the general public. Then we've implemented this asset management system. And some of our technical folks have been able to put a link between those two. So the public input essentially results in an immediate work order for our crews and our people to be able to respond more immediately and then track, provide a response and an automatic response back as to how it's being resolved. (laughs) So that's all kind of exciting stuff that we can use to deal with the... You the know, need for speed. The need for speed, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Usually for a public official, it's really difficult to get to know, you know, the great leaders of our communities on a more personal level. So uh, just for fun, tell us what's on your personal bucket list for 2022. Oh, boy. So my personal bucket list, and, and uh, unless you know me well, you probably won't necessarily appreciate this, but I mentioned... Um, you know, the family farm and yeah. making maple syrup growing mm-hmm. Christmas trees. Well, we have a barn or a kind of a cabin. It's an old barn that's been refurbished into a, a rough it type cabin. Well, a couple of years ago, I was doing some work around, you know, trimming some grass and so forth and came to find out that one of the corner columns uh, had, had some rot because when this barn was built, they built it out of locust trees. It's a pole oh, barn. Yeah. And uh, locust, if you know it, it's it's a very, very good wood and mm-hmm. generally holds up well. But with the age of this barn, the column was rotting off. So, of course, uh, I immediately worked on addressing that one and then started doing some investigation and found that uh, it wasn't the only one that had problems. <laughs> so, so for the past two years, I've been working on essentially jacking up these columns with a little hand wow. bottle jack and stabilizing them, digging out from underneath and pouring concrete foundation underneath this barn. So now I'm down to the final four of 24. Oh, man. So if I can <laughs> if I can get those four done this year and not drop a barn on my head, that's, that's going to really be on the bucket list. There and you then, go. you know, in the meantime, I'm going to spend time with the wife and kids and, you yeah. know, mom and dad and, you know, do all the other activities that, right. that we look forward to regularly. So, That's but good. that'll have the barn stabilized for the next 20 years oh, or 50 years. Wow. And, or since you're Italian, uh, a thousand, thousand years. years. Yes. In <laughs> fact, I'm sure the barn will fall down before these foundations do. So, but then after that, uh, one of one of my ambitions is uh, that my family has supported, I'd like to build a sugar shack. Mm. So nice. for those that don't know, when you make maple syrup, it's really about boiling the sap. All you're doing is boiling the water off of, yeah. you know, and what's left is the sugar. And uh, to this point, for the last 20 years, I've been doing it outside, 
rain or shine, oh snow or you know, snow or wind or whatever. I'm outside boiling sap. Ouch! And uh, I'm getting too old for that, so I want to <laughs> start to do it in a little more comfortable atmosphere. So I'd like to build a, a little shack to put my boiler in, my evaporator, and. Who knows? Maybe I'll even have a lounge chair in there. So. Uh, I remember the pictures you sent me from last year. It looked like the whole thing was on fire. It was like, <laughs> it's like three in the morning, and it's like this huge. You know, it looked like inferno was going on. You know, oh, it was yeah. like, oh yeah, oh yeah, pretty cool pictures. Yeah, yeah, when when you have fire coming out your smokestack that looks like a jet engine, right. you know you got a good boil going. <laughs> <laughs> well, that adds, gives me something to add to my bucket list for the year is to get uh, get my hands on some of that maple syrup. Well, there you go. We'll see. We could work out. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us today, Dan. This has been a lot of fun, and I hope you enjoyed it as well. I did. Thank you, Tammy. Thank you, Ed. It's a great opportunity. Always enjoy spending time with uh, you folks from EDG. Always giving me some great ideas <laughs> and and helping bring them to fruition. So thank you much. Well, thanks again. Mm-hmm.